Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Encounter Church. How are you guys doing today? Good. Awesome. Well, my name is Pastor Tori, and I am the kids pastor here at Encounter Church. My husband and I get the incredible opportunity to love on your kiddos ages 0 to 12th grade, and so we are just so humbled and so excited to be a part of this church. We are walking in our promise that God had for us. We walked through a desert season to get here, but we're here, and we are so excited to be a part of this church. So a little bit about us. Like I said, my husband is a youth pastor here, and we have two little ones, Seattle. She's two, and if you've met her, you've met her, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. And then we have Shepard. He is seven months old, and he is the most handsome, precious angel baby you'll ever meet in your life. And so um, we are just so excited, and we love doing ministry together and just being a part of what God's doing here. So today, I'm going to be sharing a message with you about Mary, and you're like, oh, yeah because it's off Christmas. Kind of. I really wasn't planning on preaching this, but God laid this on my heart to share with you. I just feel this heaviness and this weight that some of you today are being called out of your comfort zone, but you're scared to do it, and fear is causing you to say no. But today, I have a word for you that I think will absolutely help you with that. And so we're going to be looking at Mary's obedience. When the angel visited her, she was not expecting it. She was not planning on an angel coming to visit her to say, oh, by the way, you're going to have a baby, and you're a virgin. And she's like, I don't know how that's going to happen. But she said yes anyway. So that's exactly what we're going to look at today. So a little background on Mary. She was a teenager. So just like imagine, like you're 12 or 13-year-old, like she is, she's young. She is just engaged to a man named Joseph, and so she's probably thinking about who she's going to have as her bridesmaid. She's probably so excited to get married. She's not thinking about who or this angel coming to her that's not on her radar. It's not in her diary. It's nowhere to be found. So we're going to jump into the scripture, and so that should be up on the screen for you. So it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. Now let's pause. Isn't this just like a man, like who wrote this book? Dr. Luke, oh, you're just going to like bear a son, you're going to give birth, it's no big deal. Like, of course, it's fine. Like, a man would only say that. Um, so he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And the kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, 
the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son in the sixth month with who, with who she was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the first thing that I noticed out of this was angelic visitations were not super common in the Bible, especially to teenage girls. Like this, that means something is very different with this story, that something amazing is about to happen. Like I said, she was just a teenage girl waking up, excited to get married to Joseph. I know when I was um, engaged to Luke, I was so excited. I was thinking about the day, the, how the wedding was going to go. Like I was not thinking about anything else but that, and I'm sure she was the same way. So after Ma the angel visited Mary, Mary knew what would happen, but she did not know how it was going to happen. And a lot of the times, God gives us a seed or a promise and says, hold on to this. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how I'm going to bring it to fruition, but I will. And you don't need to know the details. Only I do. So how could a virgin give birth to a child? Like, that's crazy. But Mary's believing response was to surrender herself to God as his willing servant. God showed up to a very ordinary girl, very ordinary. Like, she was nothing special. She wasn't a princess. She wasn't royalty. Like, she was so ordinary. She was a young woman with a heart after God. And this was not just any baby she was birthing. This was Jesus. Like, he came to save us. That, there's so much weight to that. And she did it without an epidural. Like, I just want to say, like, I was put in this such a time as this in 2018, 2020, when I had babies, nine-pound babies, to be um, clear. I am thankful for modern medicine. Like, there's no way. I could not have survived back then. I would, there's no way. Um, so anyway, each day God uses regular people to accomplish his plans. So that brings me to my first point. God uses ordinary people for his extraordinary plan. Mary was an ordinary girl with a willing heart, and she was willing to do whatever God had called her to do. And the Lord honored that, and he blessed her more than she could ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. He wants to do more in your life. I'm here to tell you that. You have more. God has more for you. Are you willing to say yes to that? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to do what God has called you to do? My second point is you do not need great abilities. You just need availability. That's all you need. God is only looking for a willing heart. Are you willing to accept your divine assignment? Are you available? Is your will centered around you, or is it centered around God's will for your life? I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. A lot of drug abuse, um, a lot of just sin and just horrible things that, that went on in my house whenever I was growing up. I should not be on this stage today. I should not be sharing the will and the, and the goodness of God to you today. I should be off somewhere else with the generational curses that have struck my family, but God's plan is bigger than anything that we could ever ask or imagine. 
four years ago, I was in the absolute worst place in my life. The enemy was trying to get those generational curses to come to me and to, bear, to weigh me down and to have the abusive relationships, the alcohol, the parties, the, all of the things that my family experienced. But I was going down that generational path. But God stepped in, and he always does that. The, my life is a miracle, and he uses ordinary people for his extraordinary plan. Like, I am a walking testimony of that because of God. So every time God calls us to do something, we're usually on our way to do something else. Isn't that right? Like, usually the thing that God calls us to do is not something that we were planning on, just like Mary. What God is calling you to do will be out of your comfort zone. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It will not be in your comfort zone. But can I tell you that growth and comfort they cannot coexist. They are two different things. When you grow, you are not comfortable. Growth is uncomfortable. Comfort can lead to not moving forward, and there is no stagnation in your walk with Jesus. You're either going forward or you're going backward. I was on my way to death and destruction. I was, but God interrupted my life with his promise, and he wants to do that to you, for you today. We need to get out of the way because it is not what we can do. It's about what God can do, and it's about what his plan for our life is. My third point is, and let me tell you, this one I've had to preach to myself so many times this week because I've been terrified to get up on this stage. Like, can I tell you guys, like, honesty, scared to death. But it is not about me. It's about what God is doing. And favor is for service, not for status. See, Mary had the favor of God, but it does not mean that it'll be easy. Her life was flipped upside down. She could have been stoned. Like, there's so many things that could have happened to her when someone walks up and says, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant and I've never had sex. And people look at you like, yeah, okay, like, you crazy. Like, no, like, but that's what it was. God did that. The favor of God means you might do it alone. Not everyone's going to understand why you're doing what you're doing in order to do what God's called you to. But God knows, are you willing to do it? It's not about us. The thing that holds us back is fear of reputation, relationships. We are crippled by fear. But can I tell you that God has not given us a spirit of fear? He's given us a spirit of love and of a sound mind. We are called to be a danger to the kingdom of darkness. No matter what that looks like, we are called to not be afraid. Do not hide in fear. Do it afraid. We tend to put the focus inward when God is calling us to push it outward, push it on him. Our focus should be on him. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You might do it alone, but you're not alone. God is with you. It's not about us. It's, about, it's not about what we can accomplish on our own. It's about the perfect will of God. And my last point is fear will cause you to say no when God is saying to say yes. Impossible is where God starts. When you get to the point where there is no way for it to go forward, that's when God steps in. He just wants us to say yes. Will you step out of the boat? One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Peter, because Peter and I were very similar, okay, in our personalities. And so immediately it says, Peter stepping out of the boat, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. 
while he dismissed the crowds. After he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking, they were afraid, and they said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water to come to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And he said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Fear almost caused Peter to sink, but then God stepped in. So Luke and I have walked through a season in our life, of our young life. You look at me, you're like, you're 24. Yes, I am 24, but we walked through a hard season, okay? So last year in 2019, we, let me give you a little context. I hate it when people tell stories and you're like, okay, but what happened before that? Like, I'm such a details person. Like, I love it. And if you don't, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you details today. Um, so back up, back up, way up. So Luke and I got married in 2017. We've been married for over three years now. So in February of 2018, God called us to move to Joplin, Missouri with the James River Church Joplin campus, kind of like here, we're going to Warrensburg, like kind of the same thing. We went with the campus to go to Joplin to help start it up, to help raise it up. Um, So that's what we were doing. And so we were there. Our plan was to be there for five years. And then God, I had a dream one night that we were supposed to move. It had been eight months since we had lived there. And so God called us to move to Kansas City. No idea why. Like, there wasn't a job there. There wasn't, I mean, my fam- some of my family lived there, but it really wasn't, like, there was no reason. Like, God just called us to move there. So in faith, we packed up our stuff with baby Seattle, and we left, and we went to Kansas City. God provided a place for us to live. He provided everything that we needed, our deposits, everything. And then um, we didn't have a job for a year, like for a whole year. And it, then that does not mean that we weren't looking for jobs. Luke was applying not only at churches, he was applying at Starbucks. He was applying literally anywhere that we could find. Like, we were desperate, And our families were like, so you just moved from Joplin, where you had a great church, and you had a job. Luke had a great job in Joplin. And then you moved to Kansas City, where you had nothing. You have a baby. Like, you have no way to provide. And we're like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, yeah, God told us to. Like, that's what we're doing. Now, let me say, I'm not saying it was all sunshine and roses, because it wasn't. It was a really difficult season. But that was our mentality. We're like, we're going for it. Like, God said it. So we're going to do it. So we were there for an entire year without a job. Now, that sounds crazy. Like, that sounds crazy, right? Like, could you imagine your, like, 23-year-old kid coming in and you're like, oh, we have a baby and we're moving and we don't have any jobs. So hope you support us because we're doing it. Like, that's what it was. But, and also, we just just couldn't see the finish line, but we knew God called us. Just like Noah. No one knew what rain was. No one knew what boat was. And he's like, I'm building this boat because it's going to rain. And they're like, what's that? Like, that's kind of what our season was like. Shepherd's middle name is Noah because of our season. When we got pregnant with him, we were in the midst of this season, which is also really another hard conversation. Oh, by the way, we have a baby and no job and we're pregnant again. Like, she can be excited for us. Like, no, like, that's not how it went. But we, our family 
are so disappointed in us. Like, just like I said, sometimes you do it alone. I'm not saying we did it alone because we didn't, but we did it. I mean, everyone was so confused. No one understood why we were doing it. No one, everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, you're just sitting there and we're like, but we're waiting on God. Like, that's what we're doing. And so that was our job was to be obedient in that season. Now, I'm not saying you guys should go quit your jobs and go sit at home. and do. It was really hard. We were trying so hard to find jobs and do what we thought we were supposed to do. We were in a tough spot financially, obviously. We never missed a meal, okay? We never, God always provided for us every single step of the way. From February 2019 to February 2020, we didn't have a job before we stepped on staff at the last church we were at. And it was, it was difficult. But can I tell you that God was faithful? He had a waiting season for us for this to be at Encounter Church. Like, how exciting is that? Like, our waiting season was to wait for this. Like, this was our promise. Like, how cool is that? So our bills were always paid. God always provided. And when he calls you, he always provides for you. Even if it looks crazy, he always provides for you. You may look crazy to everyone around you. Your family may talk negatively about you to others. That's what happened with us. But people did not understand why we were doing what we were doing. But they don't need to understand, and neither do we, because God called us to that. He gave us strength to move through that season. He broke chains of bondage that were on Luke and I that we didn't even know we needed to have broken. If we hadn't walked through that season we would still be bound in chains. Like, there were things that had to happen. We had to grow. And growth comes from uncomfortability. So, he has our best interest in mind, always. He sees the bigger picture. He saw that he had encountered church for us in the future. We didn't see that, but he saw it, and he's like, no, just wait. Like, what, we ha- what I have for you is so much better than you could ever ask or imagine. You guys, we are so blessed to be a part of this church. None of you understand the season that we walked through to get here. We are so thankful. We are so thankful. So let me ask you, are you prepared to look like a fool for Jesus? We looked crazy with no jobs. We were serving in a youth ministry in Kansas City. We had a one-year-old. We had one on the way. We looked crazy. But can you imagine how crazy Noah looked? It hadn't rained. No one knew what an ark was. Moses had a stick in a Red Sea. Could you imagine how crazy Sarah looked in the maternity section at Target? Like, she looked crazy. Like, how foolish did David look with his slingshot and massive Goliath? How foolish did Paul and Silas look singing oceans in prison? Like, they looked crazy. And how foolish did Jesus look as he hung on the cross and he was dead for three days? No one has done any of these things without willing to look foolish, without being willing to look foolish. Are you willing? Are you willing to trust God enough? These examples are people in the Bible who trusted God enough to do the crazy because God is who he says he is and he does what he says he will do. Because Noah did see his family saved. Moses did see the Red Sea parted. Sarah did give birth to Isaac. David did defeat Goliath. Mary did give birth to Jesus. Paul and Silas were set free. And Jesus got off the cross. He rose from the dead. And he defeated hell for you and for me. 
Are you willing to look crazy? And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. We don't have to be afraid. Our world is desperate, you guys. We have to do what God has for us. The people need people are dying and going to hell every day. The world needs it. He needs us. He needs what you are gifted with. I can't do what Taylor is gifted to do. I mean, I can kind of sing, but girl, you're like an angel when you sing. But like, like I can't do what you're called to do, and you can't do what I'm called to do. God created every single one of us for with a plan and a purpose. So are you willing to do what he has for you? Mary was willing to risk it all. Are you willing to risk it all to share Jesus in this world? You guys, 2020 is crazy. Like, this is just the beginning, though. It's going to get worse. The Bible said, like, we are headed to the end times. It's just true. But we have, like, it is more important now than ever to share Jesus with our people at our work, with people around us. Like, we have a call and a mission to do what God has called us to do. Are you willing to step out of your wishes and your comfort to do what God is calling to do? And I know that some of you are being called out of your comfort zone today. And it's scary. It is. It's hard. Like, it's nerve-wracking. Whatever it looks like, whether God's calling you to get a new job, whether God is calling you to go at the Warrensburg campus. And I feel like a lot of you, some of you, feel that stirring to go with the Warrensburg campus, but you're scared. You're in your comfort zone. But there will be no growth in your comfort zone. There just won't be. The world is desperate, but the Spirit of God lives in you, and we need to go and tell the world. Our friends, our families, our coworkers, the girl you don't like at work, like, she needs Jesus too. Some of it, maybe a little bit more than others. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you are absolutely scared to death to utter Jesus in your situation. But can I tell you that there's power in the name of Jesus? He changes situations. I am a walking testimony of his love and his power, and you are equipped for the good work. Be strong and courageous. Some of y'all need to get, like, gangster with the devil. Like, ah, uh, like, not today. Like, you better, no, no. Like, you're going to, don't come at me. Like, just saying, like, you need to get real. You guys are strong. You are courageous. You are not fearful. God, Jesus did not die on the cross for you to walk fearful your entire life. Not today, Satan. That's all I got to say. He has not given us a spirit of fear. The world needs you. Step out of the boat. Be a Mary. Be a Moses. You don't need great abilities. Moses had a speech impediment. Mary was a teenage girl. You don't have to be a pastor and like all these cool things. No, like you are equipped how you are. God has more for you. But you have to be willing to say yes to him, no matter what it looks like. So today, I, my prayer for you and my, my heart for this message is that you would walk out the purpose and the plan that God has for you. 
Because can I tell you, it is better than you could ever ask or imagine. I love that verse. It's like my favorite. I've said it like 15 times since I've been up here. But it's my favorite. Like, he has more for you. I was so broken four years ago. I was a mess, like a mess, like a hot mess. Like, it was bad. But God saved me. I shouldn't be up here. But God's plan is bigger. And I'm, I'm just, I don't even, I'm up here. I'm doing my best. <laughs> but like, I'm just here to tell you that God has more for you. So today as we close, I just pray that you would have boldness. Just a supernatural boldness that is beyond you. To share Jesus with those around you. To do what God has called you to do to go where he has called you to go. Maybe some of you are being called into the mission field, but you're scared. Go, go do it. Those people need you. Imagine if I wouldn't have stepped into this calling, I was more like shoved into this calling. Can I just be real? God pushed me into this calling. I was not planning to be a kid's pastor, but God's plan is so much better. But seriously, God has equipped you. He needs you. Those people need you. So I would just pray for boldness for you today. So as we close, I'm going to give a, um, a call for salvation. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Some of you are in here and you're like, I don't even know who this Jesus is. Like, who are you talking about that raised from the dead, that um, defeated hell in the grave, that's giving me this calling? Like, who is this God that's put this call on my life? Can I tell you that God loves you? He created you. He has a huge plan and a purpose for you. But first you have to say yes to him. You have to say, yes, God, I will follow you. Yes, God, I do believe in you. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you a question. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed hour. Don't walk out of this place without knowing Jesus. One, God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Two, this is the best decision you will ever make. Three, if that is you, raise your hand with boldness so I can pray with you. are saved in the room. That's a super awesome thing. So my second call for prayer, I'll have my prayer partners come join me in the front. I just, if you need prayer for boldness, or if you're confused on what God is calling you to, if you don't know exactly, if you're wondering, like, what does God have for me? Or maybe you're feeling called to something, but you're fearful. If that is you, I would just ask that you would come find a prayer partner. Have them pray over you. Guys, there's power in prayer. Where two or more are gathered, that's where Jesus is. He is here. He is ready to meet with you. So I would ask for you to stand. We're going to sing one more song. And if that is you, come find a prayer partner. They would love to pray with you.